You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Back at the studio this Saturday evening, August the 26th, for the first time in three weeks after back-to-back remote broadcasts on the road. And uh, we are now turning the corner and entering into that time where we bring on our featured guest of the night. And tonight it is none other than Dr. Greg Johnson, always a very interesting and insightful interview. Uh, Greg is the editor-in-chief of CounterCurrents, uh, one of the most preeminent webzines we have on our side. The work there being done is absolutely top shelf, counter-currents.com. And Dr. Johnson's back to uh, detail the findings of two recent polls commissioned by his new venture, the Homeland Institute. So we're going to learn a little bit more about the Homeland Institute and its findings. But first, we're going to say hello to Greg Johnson. Greg, how are you tonight? I'm fine. It's great to be back on the show. It's great to have you back, and I understand that we have an additional partner as well. Yes, I, I want to bring on David Zuddy. David is the executive director of the Homeland Institute, and we're going to talk a bit about the Institute itself. I'll, I'll sort of fill in the background of uh, how it came about and what its purpose is. And also, we uh, we recently published the results of our first poll. The second poll hasn't been done yet, so we're just going to talk about one poll. Uh, that article is now available. It's available at homelandinstitute.org. It's also available at CounterCurrents uh, if people want to take a look at it. And I hope people will share it all over the web because there's some really interesting results in there. So where do we want to begin, uh, Greg and David? And first, let's say hello to David. David, it's great to have you tonight uh, and to make your acquaintance uh here on the air, at least, and look forward to making it in person soon as well. How are you? I'm outstanding. It's great to be on. I'm quite honored to be here. I'm David Zuddy. I'm the executive director of the Homeland Institute, and the first poll is exciting. We have more coming. It's a work in progress, but it's extremely insightful, very fun. Along with our website that you mentioned, we also have a Gab account. We also have a, twi- a Twitter or X account and a Telegram account. They're doing work our worthy Twitter of support. Is- yeah, go on, Thank David, you. please. Yes, our Twitter account is at HomelandINST, and our Telegram account is the Homeland Institute. David, this is Keith Alexander. Tell us what the Homeland Institute is all about. What are you accomplishing, or what are you seeking to accomplish? Right now, we're trying to combat the negative effects of multiculturalism and globalism. This is bad for everybody. There need to be good solutions. And we want, the whole point of our, of our organization is that we want to go beyond simply complaining about things and try to find positive solutions that are humane, pragmatic, workable, palatable, instead of just complaining about them. And polls are a great way to do that, do that. First off, a huge problem is that a lot of the mainstream polls are biased or they're sloppy. I've learned that sometimes some polls are not even conducted in the areas that they're supposed to pertain to, which I, I think is just shocking and really shows how the mainstream establishment can't be trusted to do much of anything. So we're going to have to do it, and we're going to do it better than they do it. And two, I, I think polls are important to finding humane solutions because we can show that policies 
which might be considered radical by the establishment or simply disliked by them, are actually very popular and therefore very feasible. Greg, when so more you probably and I... want to show, want to, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, pardon the interruption, I, I was just going to say to Greg um, how I want this interview uh, to go over the course of the next uh, couple of segments. It's going to be a little bit of a departure from our standard template because I was very interested and fascinated, really, uh, Greg, when we were emailing earlier in the week and sort of ironing out some of the things that you would be addressing because uh, I, I think there have been just so many different polls that have been interesting from our points of view going back to the dawn of the, the Biden administration in January of 2021. Uh, some of these polls I cited during the wonderful opportunity you gave me last fall to address the countercurrents gathering and some uh, also in my American Renaissance speech a couple of weeks ago. But um, I, the fact that y'all are commissioning polls, I, I would love to know a little bit more about the nuts and bolts, the nuts and bolts about how that uh, goes and how it compares to the findings that uh, we've been citing with regards to some of our issues that the system polling uh apparatuses yeah. ginning out. Yeah, well, I, I've been very encouraged by a lot of polls showing, for instance, that the idea of the Great Replacement is being increasingly widely accepted by white Americans, uh, Republican voters especially. Things like that are, are quite interesting. The leftist organizations love to talk about this because, of course, it raises the alarm in their uh, donor base and uh, they think it provides the, a case for uh, more deplatforming and censorship and things like that. Uh, but these polls are actually very useful. But a lot of the questions uh, are not formulated in quite the way that I would formulate them. And so uh, eventually I thought, you know, maybe I could actually start doing polling. Uh, instead of wishing that other people would do better polls, maybe I could just do them. And so uh, a couple of years ago, there was a poll that was done by American Renaissance, which I thought was very promising. And I decided to go forward and uh, actually explore how to create my own polls. So the, uh, the Homeland Institute came about uh, basically as a platform for doing that and other what you can call policy studies uh, and commentary uh, it, we decided to go to work on this in 2000 and 2021. Uh, it was in October of 2021, and I began working on it then. Uh, I put together a team of people. We hired a consultant on how to create a uh, 501c3 tax-exempt corporation in the United States, and we set to work on it. And about exactly a year later, we got approved by the IRS. So this worked out quite nicely. That certainly uh, is something. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. anyway. And uh, so we, we're now a fully approved 501c3, uh, which means uh, you can deduct from your federal income taxes any donations that go to uh, Homeland Institute. Uh, we decided, though, that like a lot of institutions uh, in our sphere, uh, we had to start small uh, because we didn't start out with a lot of capital. But I'm experienced in putting together organizations on a shoestring budget. I did it with countercurrents. And so we got Homeland started. And the first thing that we could afford to do was a poll. Uh, and there are various uh, 
there, well, there are many, many choices for doing polling, all kinds of different uh, polling options. I don't want to mention exactly where we went because I don't want these people to get visited or uh, bombarded doxed. by uh, doxed. You know, uh, they, I don't want them to experience the terror. Uh, but there are many, many options for doing this. Uh, sometimes it can be extremely uh, economical. It turns out we came in well under budget on this poll. And... Uh, uh, we want to do these once a month. David was saying, "Hell, let's let's do them twice a month." Uh, he's he's really into this. He's he's very much enjoying this process now. Uh, we have a fellow who's uh, consulting with us, who's a professional pollster. Uh, he's walked us through the process, and uh, we're getting up and running at it, and we're getting good at it, especially David. Uh, and so this is um, this is very exciting. Uh, and uh, you know, anybody can do it, I suppose. But that's like saying any, any little boy can grow up to be president. When you actually <laughs> I, sit I down. Find out, I want to find out the science that is behind uh, political polling and cultural polling. And I can't wait to hear more about it. As I said, we're going to do this interview a little bit different. And I'll tell you how it's going to go with Greg Johnson and Looking David Looking for Zetti an IT next. partner that truly understands your needs? Managed IT Services is the answer. We meet with you regularly to discuss your goals and form a tailored technology plan. Our customers have called us a trusted advisor who delivers. When it comes to IT, we do it all. Firewalls, cloud storage, server migration, and more. Say goodbye to long-term contracts and hello to a team that earns your business month after month. Call 801-706-6980 now and let Managed IT Services transform your IT experience. Have you ever had great honey? No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey? Well, now you can, thanks to localhoneyman.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at localhoneyman.com. Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise, from flags to t-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com, where you can meet all of your Southern needs. While you're waiting, drop by our Confederate corner for a free cup of coffee and good conversation. Remember, there are no strangers here, just friends who haven't met yet. Dixie Republic, we're not just a roadside attraction, we're a destination for our people. For more information, visit DixieRepublic.com. Welcome back. Uh, joining us uh, this evening, Greg Johnson and uh, David Zudi from uh, really a hybrid entity, uh, both of Countercurrents and the Homeland Institute, which is uh, an, uh, an adjacent project, I guess you could say. It's separate. Uh, but a, a new polling uh, Well, it's more than, more than that, but that, that's part of what they do. And uh, since we have two 
Uh, this is rare to have two people from uh, the same entity on at the same time, and I'm fascinated by polling. I, we cite a lot of we've been talking a lot about polling the last few years, and uh, whether or not people uh, are moving in our direction as as much as we think they are. Okay. So, what we're going to do, Keith, I'm going to let you get this question in, and then what I would like you to do, uh, Greg and David, is to sort of just take over this segment, which will take us to the half hour point of this uh, of this uh, hour. And and just sort of talk with one another, Greg. You bring David on, and y'all just uh, sort of share the spotlight and telling us again what's going on, how these polls are put together, and uh, what the findings have been, and if those findings match what we we were seeing out of system polling. But first, Keith, I was going to say I think it's high time that we started having some right wing polling organizations because we're totally captive to what we're told by the left regarding polling, uh, and I'm. Wishing you all the success in the world. Have you gotten on the radar of the left yet, and have they tried to take you uh, uh, off or tried to hamper you in any way? Well, certainly Greg lives on that radar, but go ahead, gentlemen. Well, not yet. We just went live last week. The website went up last week. Uh, Because we are a 501c3 tax-exempt educational organization, we can't be partisan in the sense uh, that uh, a, lot of, a lot of people would like, I suppose. We can't be partisan. We can't endorse candidates. Uh, we have to be careful about talking about legislation and things like that. Um, so, so that being said, uh, but w- put it this way, what we are is we are an org- a think tank, a policy institute that has not signed on to the idea that there can never be too much globalization and multiculturalism. Obviously, that's an insane dogma uh, that they all share to one extent or another. Even you know, the Cato Institute or um, the Heritage Foundation will not challenge globalization, multiculturalism, uh, free movements of peoples and things like that, uh, immigration. They won't, they won't do that. That's why Trump was so revolutionary, because he challenged these things. And this is why the political establishment regarded him as a traitor to his class, and they'll never forgive him for that. Uh, so uh, what we are is we are looking at the limits, the downsides of globalization and multiculturalism, and we're proposing workable solutions, uh, we think. Uh, and, and to do that, we have to study uh, these things more closely. There are lots of interesting studies coming out about identity politics, populism, globalization, things like that, that I I was inspired by. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to create this, because I started following all this academic literature that was coming out, some of it very interesting, and I wanted to know more. And finally, I got to the point where I thought, I just have to do the studies myself. And to do that, I needed the expertise of, of social scientists and pollsters. I needed an institutional framework to do it. And so I went about creating it. Um, And so uh, we've just launched, uh, I'm sure the political establishment, both left and right, is not going to be terribly receptive to what we're saying, uh, but we are going to be out there uh, putting out facts. uh, And the facts are often very, very interesting and challenging. The reason why national populism took these people by surprise uh, and the reason why it got them all in a panic is because they were simply not listening. They were not looking and they were not listening. They would create polls to manipulate the public mind, not polls to 
actually study what the people are thinking. And so these people were caught uh, unaware. Uh, Hillary Clinton believed the lying polls <laughs> that were being generated by her campaign and people adjacent to the campaign and was genuinely surprised when she, when she lost. Uh, that's because these people are so arrogant, they don't listen. Uh, they want to dictate our opinions. So they, they have these wonderful euphemisms like, we need a conversation about race. And the conversation about race consists uh, of them scolding people while people sit in silence. Uh, and so uh, we're going to be challenging a lot of these smug assumptions of the political establishment. Uh, chances are uh, some of them are not going to like it, but reality is knocking against their the shell that they've created around themselves uh it's starting to make cracks uh there some people are starting to uh, be more serious about actually uh knowing what's going on in the world so they won't be at least so they won't be taken by surprise again like they were with trump and brexit and so forth so we're, we're somewhat hopeful about this but yeah uh rank partisanship uh, and and just the entire political establishment, when you get right down to it, are, are going to be turned against us, I imagine. But uh, as long as we keep everything objective and professional and rational, uh, we hope that our, our, a, a small rational voice of dissent can can win out in the end. So that's that's the assumption that we have going forward. I would well, just like to add in that uh, we're, we're – oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead, David. Go ahead, David. Go ahead, David. Yeah, so we're looking to provide an alternate perspective, and yes, we have our own political predilections, but for me, I'm kind of like, I just want to know facts, good or bad. And I think a lot of these facts are going to blindside the establishment. For example, we found that 7.2% of white Republicans said that an accusation of racism would make them more likely to vote for a political candidate. I think the left is going to be up in arms about this. At some point, yeah, they they live yeah, in the new poll where they can just yeah. watch this, yeah, yeah. So uh, let's talk about the first poll. Um, one of the things that I've been uh, looking at for a long time is the craven uh, cowardice, the the immediate capitulation uh, that a lot of mainstream people, both politicians, pundits, uh, corporations, things like that have whenever the the left points a finger and and screams racist at them and i for years we've been thinking surely this uh, this racism charge is being overused uh how how powerful is it and what i decided i wanted to know is how powerful the charge racism is compared now to the charge of wokeness because when people charge others of racism, usually they're using the, the woke critical race theory definition of basically racism is what white people do to other people and it, whites can't be victims of racism, et cetera. So racism stands for wokeness, in, in other words. The racism charge is usually uh, you know, put forward in a woke spirit. And woke is now being uh, hurled as an accusation. And woke can cancel companies and careers now, as we saw with the Bud Light uh, fiasco. And so we just did a, uh, a poll on the relative strength of the accusations of racism and wokeness. And I was really hoping that wokeness would be even more 
devastating than racism. Uh, I didn't expect it. I was certainly hoping. I was hoping they'd be in a dead heat. But the results were, were interesting nonetheless. And, and David actually conducted the polls. So can you tell us a bit about the number of people and, and some of the basic uh, takeaways from this poll? Because I think it's very interesting. Yeah, so we polled with 796 random respondents. We had to fill, I can't go into detail, but we had to filter to make sure that these people actually match the demographics of white registered white registered voters. That meant conforming for different variables like age, education, et cetera, et cetera. I won't go into all the nuts and bolts, but we didn't just open up the floodgates and just let whoever answered answer because you know you need to make sure that the people you're asking actually reflect the national you know, electorate of white Republicans. I mean, not white Republicans, just white voters. We do have some breakout for party affiliation, which I'll get into later, but we want to make this actually accurate. Unlike the, I feel like the mainstream, they, they kind of do things sloppily on purpose, try to get the answer they would prefer. So no, we didn't get the answer that we wanted, but it's still a very interesting and good answer. So if you compare the percentages where it was about so what, what, what a big, I'm going to start with the boycott thing first, because everyone, whenever a business is accused of racism, they cower in fear. We saw people try to put BLM stickers up to prevent themselves from being culturally enriched with a fiery but mostly peaceful protest during the summer of love of 2020. That, of course, didn't work. <laughs> so they cower in fear of all this. But here's the thing. of How many white consumers would actually boycott a business as accused of being racist? And actually do it. It's one thing to post on Instagram because that's easy. You get clout. We on we, we the I have an issue with people being addicted to online activism, which only goes so far. It's essential. It's good, but it only goes so far. Well, how, who's going to actually, you know, go out in real life and make a difference? Uh, hold on right there, David. I want you to hold on right there. We'll hang on that uh, edge and on that teaser until we come back with Greg Johnson and uh, David Zuddy from both Countercurrents and... The Homeland Institute. Uh, I'm, I'm really interested in this, and I want to hear what these findings are, good, bad, or indifferent, and what you think that pretends, gentlemen. We'll get to it right after this. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Corey Myers. GOP presidential candidates are disagreeing over a national abortion ban. During last night's debate, former Vice President Mike Pence said he'd push for a federal 15-week ban on abortion if elected. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley argued that. 70% of the American people support legislation but to 70% ban abortion of the after Senate a baby is capable not. of... House Republicans may soon be investigating the Georgia DA who launched a criminal probe against former President Donald Trump. CNN reporting the House Judiciary Committee expected to open a congressional investigation into Fulton County District Attorney Fawny Willis. It could happen as soon as today. The fate of the so-called Texas floating border wall now in the hands of a federal judge. A federal judge on Tuesday rejected the Texas argument that the buoy border in the Rio Grande was needed to repel an invasion and said partisan politics will not affect his final ruling. Texas Governor Greg Abbott has said he plans to take the fight to the Supreme Court. Wagner Group soldiers have issued a chilling warning after their leader died in a plane crash yesterday. 
Evgeny Prigozhin and nine others were killed when the mercenary leader's private jet crashed on a flight from Moscow to St. Petersburg. In a video on social media, three of his soldiers said, we are starting, wait for us. The trial of the man accused of killing four Idaho college students is being delayed indefinitely. Yesterday, Brian Koberger waived his right to a speedy trial. His court date originally scheduled for October 2nd. However, his legal team said they were not prepared to present their case by that deadline. This is USA News. Can we make 10,000 thread count sheets? For lens linens, staying in the comfort zone is never an option. Maximum thread count we could possibly thread. An industrial seamstress would make their sweet dreams come true. I want it to feel like you're on a snowflake, on cotton candy, on marshmallows, on a cloud. Indeed can help them hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. We instantly connect you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. At Bowles Builders, demand is through the roof. To keep up, this business needs a stronger foundation. Just one sec. Bowles Builders, this is Bowles. This weekend? Yeah, we can do it. Indeed can help him hire the people he needs. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. When you sponsor a job, you immediately get your short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Back with Greg and David, we're going to be learning a little bit more about uh, the Homeland Institute and some polls. Uh, you need polls to uh, develop your strategies and to better inform you. I, I think, and we're going to get uh, back to David in just one second about uh, this poll about will our people or uh, people presumably on our side, will they actually go through with the boycott? I, I think it's, I, I would imagine, now I'm just guessing here, these are guys that are actually getting into the nuts and bolts of polling science, but I would imagine you would probably find more people in agreement uh, to say that, yes, whites are becoming increasingly dispossessed or the Democrats and the media are synonymous and things like that, which is still good than you would them doing anything outside of their normal comfort zones. But we'll find out. But before we go back to David to get those results, Keith, you had a comment or a question? Well, if pollsters and their readers were actually objective, they would be very interested in what Homeland is doing because White people are still the majority of the population in America. That's not supposed to change until 2043. And if they really wanted to reach their base and please their base, they would be listening to you. I'm sure that all of the pollsters that we have now, polling is just a one more device they use to dispossess us and try to keep us from having any influence whatsoever on public policy. Uh, you, you're going up against people like Vanguard and BlackRock who are trying to pressure companies into adopting the woke agenda, and if they don't, they've got hell to pay, supposedly. Uh, how do we counter that, gentlemen? Well, I'd say by telling the truth. Knowledge is power, and we're part of the culture war is information warfare. And they do basically use false information to gaslight people, to make them intimidated, to get, you know, spin these narratives that being accused of racism is the worst thing imaginable. But really, woke is actually becoming, is almost as unpalatable as being accused as racist. 
the exact numbers we found is that 29.1% said they would boycott a company if it was accused of being woke. And by boycott, we meant would you wow. would they drive an extra mile or pay 10% more? This is big because people can't. I want to see you. Oh, go ahead. You know, Keith just responded to the poll. I just just said, I would. Count me in. I would would boycott him. Just responded to the poll. And these aren't, and it's it's good that these aren't necessarily all, quote, our guys. These are normal people who are simply fed up with it. They've had a taste maybe of the Bud Light thing, and they're sick and tired of it, and they want to do something productive about it besides complain online or consume content. And they're willing to, more importantly, take a hitch themselves financially with their time and energy and actually do something. These are people who claimed, at least, you know, in theory, that they'd be willing to do this in real life. I do need to to put this into perspective. Forty-one point eight percent of respondents said they would fall through a boycott of a company if it's accused of being racist. Before we say that sounds horrible, we need to just calmly put these numbers into perspective. The ones who would be, if you compare the ratio of those who would boycott a company that's accused of being well compared to those who boycott a company accused of being racist, it's seven-tenths. It's almost seven-tenths. It's something like 69%. That means that we have 70% of the power of the left's economic cancel culture. This is huge because everyone says racism is this horrible thing that everyone cares for. It's a weapon of doom. Well, we have, quote, only seven-tenths of that power. That's still a huge amount of power. And two... Part of the, re- the, the thing here is that the accusation of racism includes anti-white racism. We didn't ask about this in the poll, but I looked elsewhere, and mm. a lot of people who are Republicans or independents, they believe that white people can be victims of racism, and they believe that it's actually rising or staying the same as of five years ago. So it's not theoretical. It's on the rise. They can be victims of racism, too. So these would probably be civic nationalist, centrist, Republican types who decry racism, racism in any form, including maybe firing someone, I would assume that might encompass firing someone who says it's okay to be white, because that's anti-white racism. So the left definition of racism is power plus prejudice. Uh, we supposedly have power in the we're the ones who are censored, doxxed, um, harassed, lawfare, you know, they get from action that simply doesn't hold up to reality and all the silly academic studies they produce don't hold water. But, no, this is good. Yes, so intense the power. This is a lot like nuclear war. So you prefer your enemy not to have nukes, right? Well, maybe that, that's not possible. You can't make them give up all their nukes. So you have to develop your own. You have to escalate. And will you ever have as many nukes or as good as nukes? Let's say if you had seven-tenths the number of nukes as the enemy has. That's enough to, to as a deterrent. That's enough to strike back. That's enough to make, give them an immense pause about their actions. And, I, and also, a lot of companies, are they have very slim profit margins. So we don't need to have the, the same power as the left. We just need to have a substantial parity, something that's similar. We can easily knock out a business just like the left does. Like, and I think Budweiser proves it and Target proves it as well. Well, we, you've certainly seen something this summer that we haven't seen before, and you, you just gave a couple of examples. Greg, are y'all seeing, I mean, we have cycled through a lot of different polls, and I'd like to take these pollsters at their word when it's obviously something that reinforces what we want to see. And I do believe that it rises to meet what I've seen anecdotally and through my comings and goings in in, in this. But uh, I, I trust y'all to give us just the facts 
no matter what where they may land. Are you seeing? We see these these polls uh, that when you're asking the Trump base, Republican white voters, a racially charged question. Some of these polls are coming back 60, 70, 80 percent, sometimes even more answering in a very similar way in which uh, th- that we would answer. Are, are you finding that, Greg, in your work here? Well, uh, David, David's got the, the, the data in front of him. Uh, I thought one question uh, or one data point uh, from the article was particularly interesting about uh, Republicans. You, we, we, we polled not just you know, white people in America, a representative sample of white people, but we could also break people out by Democrat, Independent, or Republican. Uh, and in terms of Republicans, uh, some of the results were, were pretty interesting. Uh, David, do you want to go through the, the salience of racism versus wokeness uh, for Republicans? I thought that was pretty fascinating. Yes, I do. So if you look at for Republicans, the number who it was almost twice as many said that a an accusation of racism was more important to them than an accusation that an accusation being woke. The the number who would vote were less likely to vote for, vote for a for a candidate if they're accused of being woke is almost double the number of those who had, were who said they they'd be less likely to vote for a candidate if they were accused of being racist. This is, of course, for Republicans. That's big because right now, a lot of the outrage on the left, it's all it's all smashed on the left wing of the political spectrum. There's some independents, there's some you know principled Republicans, but really these votes that they 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 clutch their pearls over, they tremble fear over. You are never going to get these at all. People who really really get annoyed about racism and make a big fuss about it, they're they're hardcore Democrats, or you know you're going to be accused of being racist anyway to some extent, because you simply didn't pander to blacks or give them a platinum plan. So, you know, at some point, you just have to bite the bullet and say you're, they're chasing dreams. They're, they're chasing a sliver of the 13% uh, black people who might vote for them. And that's silly because most voters are white. white whites disproportionately vote, just like how they're this, the buying power in America is disproportionately white, so they should be pandering to us. Well, we have a lot of voting power. And so Republicans need to watch out because if they get accused of being woke, they'd be tanked. I think we saw this. This could help explain the terrible midterms in 2022, also how Trump, his numbers weren't as strong as they could have been in 2020. And it's because, you know, things like the platinum plan, it's about pandering to the left. And I think a lot of GOP candidates, they have these little worm tongue creatures who are sniveling rats. And like worm tongue and Lord of the Rings, they, they whisper lies into political candidates to make them weak and ineffective, despite how a culture war is coming upon them, whether they want it or not. And so they do stupid things. They think, well, I have to pander to black. We can win if we, this is the first time, it's always, this has never worked before. But each campaign, it seems like this will be the one where uh, a deluge of black voters will come okay. Republican. This is, uh, I, it, this never happened. tell me if, if I'm stabbing in the right direction here, because I, I'm wondering... Of all the things that we need to do and all the things that have to be done, uh, why put this emphasis on polling? But I think I think you're onto something here. Uh, the way I would imagine this being used, it's like voting. Now, a lot of people don't want to talk about voting. It's very boring to get involved in that. But it, like polling, these are keys. Well, here's the thing: if you can come back with solid polling that shows our issues are winning issues, then 
I have said this at many stops on the program and behind podiums. Most people are just going to fall in line with whatever side is winning. And the, when the day comes where we can apply more leverage than our opponents, people are going to start falling in line, whether it be businesses, corporations, uh, politicians, etc. Are you uh, anticipating, gentlemen, and I hear the music playing, that we can use this polling data for the furtherance of our objectives by showing people that these are winning issues and you need to come on over and get on board with us? Just a quick yes or no answer, Greg. Is that, yeah, is that sort of – Absolutely, yes, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that, that's what we're doing this for, or, or at least one of the reasons. Uh, and I want to know more about it still. We're going to get the website. We're going to let you know how you can support the work of the Homeland Institute and, again, how this helps us accomplish our objectives. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies, John eight forty four. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then, the more they use the lie, the more they reproduce the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Now look, the media is a lie multiplier. And this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast. That power protects the cells of the beast from prosecution. Why isn't Hillary in prison? She is protected. We must restore our national relationship with God. Truth is sacred in the kingdom. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. Isaiah 9, 6. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Materialistic science states the universe and everything in it emerged from an unguided, chaotic expansion of space-time matter energy labeled the Big Bang. But far from being the result of a chaotic Big Bang, the universe was initiated and put into ordered motion by the Creator. Thomas Jefferson, in the Declaration of Independence, attributed the laws of nature to the Creator, nature's God. Now, the Declaration of Wide Independence by Kyle McDermott sets the record straight, from the inception of the laws of nature and of nature's God, to the right of all the peoples of mankind to be self-governing within their own homelands. This book provides an ideology to utterly defeat the woke globalist communist tyrants. The Declaration of Wide Independence is a highly recommended addition to community, college, and university library philosophy collections and supplemental curriculum studies lists. Available at the Dixie Republic and Traveler's Rest, South Carolina, DixieRepublic.com, and at Barnes & Noble. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, important and interesting, groundbreaking work really here being done by Greg Johnson, who's always been such a stalwart for our cause. Countercurrents, really, as a webzine, uh, has no peer. Uh, there are others that are that are on the level. I don't think any are better. I, once you reach a certain level of uh, impact, I guess it's all relative. But uh, you know the usual suspects, folks. Greg's just right there in the center of that company. Uh, but now this uh, this is something different. And again, I think we were starting to drive the nail home here on why this is important, at least as I listened to, to both uh, you and David talk, Greg, uh, why I think it's important is that, I, listen, I mean, this is just a fact of the matter. I, I say this repeatedly, uh, repeatedly rather, uh, almost to the point of exhaustion, uh, perhaps too much, but I just... Obviously, most people are cowards. Most people are just going to conform to the trends and fashions of societies. You have very true, uh, very few true believers with inf inflexible beliefs, people like us 
and, and people in this audience and countercurrent readers, et cetera. Uh, but I, that's why I do think it's important. If you show that these are the winning issues, these are the issues you're going to have to adopt in order to advance, uh, whether it be politically or, or uh, your business bottom line. And if we can get reliable polls that show people that, perhaps that will encourage them to develop a backbone, Keith. Well, it's a way to win the culture war. Uh, for example, one thing that we didn't mention was Mike Lindell's uh, and Bed Bath and Beyond. His My Pillow company got dropped by My uh, Bed Bath and Beyond because they weren't woke enough. And guess what? Bed Bath and Beyond doesn't exist anymore. They went into bankruptcy. Mike Lindell is thriving. So consequently, you know, there's gold in those hills for us. And if we can con- convince companies that they really are going to suffer like Bud Light did, like Target has done, like Bed Bath & Beyond has done, uh, that has got to have some effect. Of course, we don't have the money of BlackRock and Vanguard. We can't uh, hold up uh, things like government uh, grants and stuff like that. I have the feeling that government grants are basically behind the electric car boom and things like this, but... This is a very promising, I think, uh, development. And well, yeah, I mean, because, Keith, of course, you're seeing so-called conservative incorporated influencers like Charlie Kirk. This is another thing we've said. I mean, this guy is, is saying the same things Greg Johnson's saying now on a lot of things. And he was kicking people out of his own events for saying the things he's saying now. And that just goes to show that things are moving in our direction, and we need evidence to encourage more people to continue to move in that direction. And uh, so, again, Greg, the importance of this and further finding and please give us the website. I want to go to it right now. Yeah, it's a homelandinstitute.org. Uh, the, the, the thing that I thought was really interesting for Republicans, and we, we just had a Republican debate where we had a bunch of uh, non-entities up there who've been <laughs> studying polls and listening to uh, uh, pollster, uh, pollsters and consultants and people manufacturing talking points, etc., uh, these people, uh, the, that's their lifeblood. Uh, th- th- that's, that's what they do. They're, they're looking for ways of, of getting any advantage, even the slimmest advantage. And political careers are lost and won uh, by fractions of percentages of voters. Uh, so actually, uh, a very small minorities uh, can make a difference uh, for, a, for a politician. Uh, and race-conscious whites are a minority, and we need to become a potent minority that they will pander to. Uh, and one of the ways that will happen is when they know just where we are and how many we are. So there, there is a, a, one of the polling results was very interesting. It was basically twice as many Republicans would look askance at a politician who have used to being rogue. If you'd like them. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Just the exact numbers, numbers, if you numbers, like yeah. them, is that 42.6% said they were less likely to vote for a politician accused of being racist compared to 79% who said they were less likely to vote for a politician accused of being woke. So, but that's almost what is that? Am I miscalculating this? Is that like a two to one in our favor type of thing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's and, like and twice as many, thing. right? Yeah, yeah. Almost twice as right. many. And, and here's the thing uh, um, wh- what that means is uh, that. Um, at a certain point, if Republicans start pandering to the left, pandering to minorities, uh, they will start sounding, quote unquote, woke. And as soon as they start sounding woke and somebody st- 
stick that label on them, that could be the end of their career. Well, Greg, they have I mean, to be more worried about wokeness than they have to be worried about uh, racism by a two-to-one margin now, and that's huge. That is huge. I mean, that is actually very encouraging, and I think you've even seen some more anecdotal evidence with this fake hillbilly that had the big uh, Richmond, North of Richmond song, and as soon as he said something, uh, you know, I wrote this because I'm in favor of liberal democracy and diversity, and I mean, he's starting to get burned now. Uh, that's yeah. very good. Go, Keith. Well, what they really need to understand, particularly Republican candidates, is that the Republicans are also the white people's party, and if they want to win Republican primaries, they need to, quite frankly, start pandering to the interests of white people. Right. And, and, and how do you how do you right. factor in? I mean, it's it's shocking. We've been on the road the last couple of weeks. so We're catching us up on some stuff and we, we haven't even mentioned tonight. Uh, the the situation in Atlanta. I mean, they're not just arresting Trump now; they're arresting his attorneys and, and mug and doing giving them the perp walk and the mug shots and Giuliani and all of these people are just being arrested. I mean, how do you think the destabilization that we're inevitably going to go through over the course of the next year? I mean, God, no one knows what to expect next year. How do you think that's going to start to reflect in these as polls? As Bob Dylan said, "The times they are changing." <laughs> yeah, I mean, how do you think yeah. this further destabilization is going to have an effect on the polls, judging white racial consciousness? And is it better to be woke or you know, quote unquote, racist? And and, and again, anti-white racism could be something that they're responding to as well, because that's something that's catching on. But, uh, gentlemen, we have about five yeah. minutes remaining, and it's all yours. Well. Okay, let me let me just say this quickly. Um, we were t we're going to do the same poll next time. Uh, we're going to do the same poll the same time next year. So it's a baseline, and it'll give us uh, an, an indication of how things have changed. I'm betting that after a year of out of control, hysterical leftist wokeness uh, centered around Donald Trump and the campaign. Uh, for president, that people are going to be even more tired of hearing about racism and far, far um, angry about wokeness. That's my, my prediction, and we will see if that, that's borne out. Uh, the left has no brakes. It's pedal to the metal all the time, uh, and you can't drive a car without brakes. You hit a wall, and I think these people are going to hit a wall uh, very soon. Uh, I just hate the fact that they're in they're in the in the front seat and we're all along for the ride. Um, there is one uh, bit of data from this poll that I thought was really interesting. Uh, when we asked people if they were more likely, less likely, or it wouldn't make any difference to support a candidate uh, if he's accused of racism, uh, seven point two percent of Republicans said they would be more likely. To support a candidate accused of racism that's a fascinating number <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's something that we really need to get through to them yeah now yeah, I, exactly uh, yeah we're going to do a follow-up yeah. study on this because one of the things we want to know is how many people are like this and how quickly they will sit out an election cycle if the pandering goes up to platinum plan levels like uh, Trump uh, was engaged in. Because, again, uh, we, we see this uh, platinum pandering, you know, uh, to get minuscule slivers of minority votes, uh, and they don't pay any attention to, they don't even bother trying to figure out if they're going to be losing 
larger exactly but that's it i mean that. that was it greg i mean it's one thing if you keep all of your white base and you pick up a few hundred or a few thousand black voters but you're doing it at the expense of two or three however many the percent well, were of white votes that, and that cost him everything well if, if you hit the nail on the head you drive it straight and if you can bring this to them this is the surefire way to lose an election if you are intent upon losing an election do this that's uh, yeah. you know that's, that's when you make your pivot to power. When when again our issues become the winning issues. And the I, listen again, it doesn't matter to me if we win or lose. I'm going to stand on these issues and we're going to stand on these beliefs of ours. Um, but for the people, you're going to need more people than that. You're going to need people who are going to come along because it is the path to prosperity. That's just human nature. That's just the way it is. And and we've seen these changes before. And I think we're going to see another one here. Uh, David, final word to you. Yeah, so this 7.2%, which is very intriguing, people who are more likely to vote for a politician who is accused of being racist, you can only vote once. So, you know, unless you're a Democrat, you can only vote once. But here's the thing. Campaigns are won and lost sometimes by volunteers. So they <laughs> might, you might only get one vote from these 7.2, but each of these people, how they're probably, I would assume, more likely to volunteer for a political campaign. Those are people who do door knocking, phone banking, ballot harvesting, which Charlie Kirk has said is essential to this upcoming election. He wants to basically copy and paste the left. How do you get that? You need probably young people, radicals, people like this magic 7.2% who will do that, who are ideologues. Well, 7.2% is more than half of 13%, which is the entire black population of America. (laughs) And and, and believe me, people are radicalizing. So I think you're going to have people willing to go out and do this. I mean, this election, I watched a little bit of that debate last night. I don't want to hear about education. I want to hear about taxes. This election is about clearing one side off the board or the other. And uh, and if it's not this election that's going to do it, it's going to be what comes after it. Greg, final word to you, my friend. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, this is important and again, groundbreaking work in so much as I don't know of any other organization. Amrin ran a poll, very interesting, a couple of years ago. But what Homeland Institute doing here is, is very unique. Homelandinstitute.org, homelandinstitute.org to learn more, to support. I've got a very sharp and smart website. I'm at it right now, as I said in the studio. Uh, Greg, final word to you. We need to be doing this because uh, right now, race conscious white people are just a specter that the establishment will uh, refer to. They use us as a stalking horse, they use us to scare people. They say, uh, you know, if you don't vote for us conservatives, you might be giving rise to white identity politics. Uh, that's the sort of official conservative line. Uh, they, they're, they're, they use people like us to scare people towards the middle. Uh, and one of the reasons they can do that is because they don't have a clear understanding of how many people like us are out there and once that becomes clear then we become a force that they can literally reckon with and that's the goal of of doing these studies david zuddy gentlemen look forward to seeing you again look forward to talking to you wish you all the best in the world absolutely homelandinstitute.org thanks for coming on tonight and sharing with us an hour of information about this brand new endeavor uh, that um Again, I think can help us get a little further on down the road to accomplishing that which needs to be done. Greg, David, always good to talk to you. David, to make your acquaintance tonight. We'll do it again soon. For Keith Alexander, I'm James Edwards. Talk to you next week. Good night, everybody.